Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Well, I'll say this. There's not much of a more enjoyable time in a group setting than at a rabid home game for your favorite team. Now, if you've been in some situations where you've experienced that, you know what it feels like. For those <clears throat> Tennessee folk, I remember back in 82, something like that, Rebecca and I were given tickets to go watch Tennessee in their stadium, over 100,000 fans, and we were sort of at the top. That's the tickets we could get. And it was so crazy. I felt the whole stadium moving. And I thought, this thing is not going to stand because these fans were rabid. If you've been in a situation <clears throat> where you're indoors, this was an outdoor stadium, but if you're indoors at a big basketball game and the fans are right there on top of you and everybody's going crazy, you know what that feels like. There's just something special about that group of people, <clears throat> everybody together, they're there for the same purpose, and it's a great experience. I want you to think with me for a few minutes about the idea of a home game as it applies to us Christian people. Turn, if you will, to Acts chapter 4 and quickly walk with me through this text and notice the context that we will think about for a few minutes. The verse that was read a few moments ago talks about this togetherness. It's that home crowd. But let's notice the background. Let's notice what was happening before the home game happened. There was a big problem in the first century between the Christians and the people of the day. Those Christians were anti-culture. They were against the culture of the day. And they were signaling the things that said, this is wrong and this is wrong, and God wants you to live this way. Not only were they preaching against the pagan gods of the, of the day, but they were also creating problems with the Jewish leaders. The priests and the Sadducees were highly upset, and they were upset because Peter and John were preaching that Jesus had been resurrected from the dead. But you know the Sadducees don't believe in life after death. And so they were highly upset that this was being preached and so they reached out and they are, we're under God's authority. And we're not going to stop and listen to your authority in spiritual matters. And they just 
continued what they did. Verse 13 is interesting. They saw that these men were bold, and they surely could not deny that miracles were taking place because people they knew were sick and being healed. And the people of that day had been there when Jesus was resurrected. They had seen him rise. We can't deny this miracle. So we're just going to tell you, you stop preaching. You don't do this anymore. I'm tired of this. You better stop or we're going to come down heavy on you. They finally let them go. And we come to verse 23. There's a very interesting phrase that is the background for everything for us to consider for a few minutes. And being let go, they went to their own. When they were let out of prison, they went to their own. This word means they went to those who were uniquely connected to them. When the Good Samaritan helped the man on the side of the road and he bandaged up all of his wounds, the Bible says, and he put him on his own donkey. That donkey was uniquely connected to the Good Samaritan. In Luke 18, the apostles said through Peter, Lord, we have left our own to follow you. They had left those uniquely connected to them, their families, their friends, to follow Jesus. And it is said of Jesus that he came from heaven to his own He created people. He established the Jewish people. He came to his own. It is a unique situation to say, this is my own. When Peter and John were let out of prison, they wanted to have a home game. They wanted to go to those people that they were connected to in a very special way because there's something special that goes on in the home game. And they wanted to be a part of that because they had been through the persecution. They had been through the shame. They had had to face the authorities. And now we just want to go home. 
Notice what happens in the text. How is it that a home game was beneficial? I want to suggest to you that a home game atmosphere in a sporting realm provides extra energy for the team. That's the value of a home game. When Peter and John got out of prison, they needed to be picked up. They needed to have some energy. They needed to have something that they had lost because of all that they had been through. Oh, they needed the home game crowd. Why? How does the home team provide or get such energy from that home crowd? Look at verse 23. The minute they got there, they reported everything that had been done. You see, there is energy from the crowd to the team because everybody understands everything alike. They get it. When there's a call from the referee that goes against your team, you don't hear half going, oh, they got it right. And we're on the same page together. And when Peter and John got there and they talked about everything that had happened, now all of them were together. They were on the same side. They had the same understanding. And it gave them energy to move on. Notice verse 24. They heard them and they raised their voices to God with one accord. Ball game when the home team gets to the free throw line to shoot a free throw. The gym goes silent. I played, I got to tell you. Sometimes that's a little more disturbing than just keep on yelling. Because all of a sudden it's different. When the silent and quiet, the pressure really starts to mount on you. But it's because they have an understanding. <clears throat> we got to let him concentrate. We have to back off. The football fans want their team to hear the quarterback making the calls. Of course, when the other team's on offense, the home team tries to disrupt that communication as best they can. You know why? Because we support our team. And Peter and John needed the support of their team. Third, they raised their voices to God and they began to praise Him even in that situation. Peter and John received great encouragement by all of them together on the same team praising God. There's nothing greater than a, a team gaining energy from the encouragement of the crowd. I don't know what it is. Maybe that crowd encouragement causes the adrenaline to rush more. I don't know. But I certainly believe it appears to me 
that the energy of a crowd can make guys jump higher, run faster, and do better things. Because that's what the home crowd does. Number four, look at verse 29. From the home team of the home crowd comes the energy of confidence. They think we can find coming out of prison and out of the persecution. They said, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. From their home game, they received confidence in themselves. These leaders said to stop. These leaders pushed us away. They tried to shut us down. They put us in prison. But by being at the home team game, they received confidence that said, we can keep doing this. We're going to keep preaching. We're not going to stop. But number two, they had the confidence in the one who was leading them. Verse 30, by stretching out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Through God's help, they were going to do more even than they had done. And the home team has the confidence in the one who is leading. We trust that coach. And we trust our leaders. And confidence is the energy from the home team. Now, what is the spiritual connection? What is the home game for Christians? We're here. This is our home game. This ought to be our home game. Just like Peter and John came out of that situation of persecution and trouble and opposition. They couldn't wait to get to a home game. Maybe you've come out of a rough week. Maybe your workers are in rebellion. Maybe your boss is creating trouble for the workers. Maybe your family is having all kinds of disruptions. Maybe the politicians are creating trouble for everybody. We need a home game. We need a place where we can get away from all of that and know that in that home game, we have exactly what we need. We're all on the same page. We understand and we practice what we do because we're together. We support each other. 
we encourage, and we leave here with a confidence that tomorrow I can keep doing what I need to do because I was there. That's what this ought to be. Our time of worship ought to be our home game. It ought to be the time when that's exactly what we do. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. On the day that the Lord's church was established, the very first thing said about them was, they continued steadfastly in fellowship, in prayer, breaking bread together, and the apostles' doctrine. The very first thing said about that newly formed church, they had a home game. And they continued doing that on a regular basis. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11. And he wrote to them about a time that when they come together, he said, I would like to be able to praise you, but I can't. Because here you are coming together for an assembly with your fellow Christians, and I can't praise you. Because you're not treating that assembly as a home game for the team. How disrupting must it be to be on a team that nobody wants to watch? Nobody wants to cheer. Nobody cares how you play. Or worse than that, what if they showed up and booed the home team the whole time? What if they constantly badgered the home team? Paul said, you're coming together. I'd like to praise you, but I can't. Because you're mistreating the home team. You're creating division in the assembly during the time of worship by the way that you are treating the Lord's Supper. So the concept of assembling together was extremely important in the formation stages of the early church. And then we hear those famous words from Hebrews chapter 10. Notice what he says. Starting in verse 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. 
not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let me take a brief aside. This passage cannot be saying, encourage and help each other a whole lot more on Friday than you did on Monday because the day, first day of the week, is about to happen. It doesn't make any sense. This passage is not saying, the closer you get to Sunday, encourage each other more. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to say, encourage each other more the closer it gets to the day that the Lord is going to return. That doesn't make any sense. Because we don't know when the Lord's going to return. So how would I know to be more and more encouraging? doesn't make any sense. The only thing that makes sense to me is that somehow this is a day either referencing the destruction of Jerusalem because Jesus gave evidence when they would know it's coming. So encourage each other more. Or maybe it's connected to a day that the Revelation was talking about, the end of the plan of God in the completion of the writing of Scripture. Because through the times of persecution at the end of the first century, they could see that coming. But here's the main point. Whatever he's talking about, what did he say first? Don't forsake assembling together. Whatever the day is, assembling together is what gets you ready for it. Assembling together is what makes you able to handle what comes after it. Assembling together is what you need because Christians need a home game. Now tonight we're going to talk about the away game because it's tough. It's tough. But this morning we're having a home game. And if you can't leave encouraged, strengthened, supported, maybe you didn't get what you could have gotten. Or maybe we didn't do what we needed to do to create an environment of a home game. I think we're all in agreement that the home game becomes a whole lot better when we can see every part of the home team. But I like the home game. I look forward to the home game. I hope you do too. And let's determine to think about what we can do to make this time a spiritual home game before we have to go on the road. Yes, we're supposed to evangelize the world. 
but we're also support, supposed to encourage and strengthen and build up ourselves. Today, if you're not a child of God, you're not on the home team. And it's dangerous not to be on the home team with God. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.